Hi, my name is Amanda Panacea, and you're listening to the Healer Revolution podcast. This is a community for self-healers, biohackers, practitioners, and any other helping professionals. You're in the right place if you're seeking conversations about how pain becomes passion, the connection between physical, energetic, mental, and our spiritual self, finding your body's ancient wisdom, the latest biohacking technologies, clinical research, and if you just want to nerd out about complex biochemistry and quantum physics. But this is also for entrepreneurs who seek infinite abundance and a supportive community. So pour a cup of King Coffee or Sistus Tea and let's join the revolution. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Healer Revolution podcast. I am your host, Amanda Panacea. And today I'm really excited to be introducing and having a conversation with my friend, Angela Stinson. She is known on the internet as Parasite Mama. Hi, Angela. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Yes, I'm so glad we we finally get to sit down. Uh, You're in a lot of my circles and you do a lot of great work. So I'm excited to hear your story. Thank you so much. Yeah, I um, I'm excited today because obviously I just recently released my Parasite 101 Master Course, which has been a long time coming. <laughs> as you know, as a course writer yourself, and you know all that stuff, it's like your baby in a way. And so the whole like birthing process with even a course is there's a lot involved emotionally. <laughs> so um, I just released it. Um, end of August. And so it hasn't been out very long, but, um, obviously how in the world did I even get to become involved in parasites? (laughs) It's a long story. Um, people are always like parasite mama, how did that happen? (laughs) So, um, before I ever got involved in this, before I became a practitioner, I was a girl that had a lot of anxieties, a lot of trauma and, a lot of health issues. Really the first five years of my life were pretty traumatic. Um, At about two months old, my biological father, who's no longer living, um, he was very abusive. And there was a lot of physical abuse going on with me and my mother when I was about two months old is when it started. And then there was obviously verbal abuse, sexual abuse. So the first five years were really, really intense. And, um, I really pushed everything down and, you know, looking back now and having the opportunity to kind of talk to my mom about some of this stuff. Um, she was like, you're always so happy. You never cried. You were like singing all the time. And I know now through lots of therapy and lots of healing modalities that, obviously not feeling safe as an infant that your needs weren't being met. I just pushed it all down and figured, Hey, I got to look out for myself. And, um, growing up when I was about five and a half, my mom, um, had remarried this great guy. And my life went from like this horrible hell to like, Oh, we're this like happy Christian family and everything's perfect and wonderful. And I never talked about anything that ever happened to me. And a lot of it, my mom didn't even know. She was going through her own trauma. She was very young when she had me, only 17. So, you know, she had her own stuff she hadn't worked through. 
And being the oldest, I ended up having, you know, three sisters and being the oldest, it, I took on a lot of the mothering role, the protector role, and really my whole life, again, I just never talked about anything that had happened to me and I shoved it all down. And it really started manifesting when I was about six years old with severe anxiety attacks. Everyone was like, what the heck is wrong with her? She has a great life. Like, why is she having anxiety? I remember my parents thinking like, oh my gosh, she's crazy. (laughs) Um, They're just, I didn't know. I didn't know then. And my parents certainly didn't know since I'd never talked about it, that it was just trauma, severe trauma that was obviously popping up. Um, And the anxiety was very debilitating. Um, I freaked out whenever my parents left the house or went to dinner or, you know, I wouldn't go spend the night at friends' houses. Um, You know, I wouldn't do any church activities. A lot of things I just couldn't do because I was so anxious. And it really kind of went from bad to worse. And as the years went on, it was like, oh, you know, we're going to put her on anxiety meds and we're going to give her antidepressants and the pills just kind of kept piling up and so did the list of diagnoses. So it was like, oh, you have IBS. Oh, you have like, um, you know, endometriosis. I had all these things, fibromyalgia. And eventually it got to the point where um, they had diagnosed me with aggressive lupus. And there's a lot in between, but, um, you know, I basically, when it came to relationships, you know, I never went for guys that obviously, um, were loving and great and supportive. And I chose guys that basically made me feel about how I already felt about myself on the inside. So lots of abusive stuff. Um, and I ended up as a single mom, And by the time my kids were really little, I was already in and out of the hospital all the time. Um, Eventually it got to the point where I was so sick that the doctors were like, hey, you need to get on disability because you're gonna die from lupus. It's not gonna get better. You're always gonna be this way. You probably won't live to see your 40th birthday. And I believed that like to my core, I absolutely believed it. I identified with it. and my cells listened and I really was dying. (laughs) So that's one thing I can always say with my clients or when I'm speaking to people, like we never know who's gonna wake up. So try to not judge. Like if you have a family member and you're like, I'm so healthy now, everybody has to get healthy. And I was that way too. (laughs) Like you want everyone to get on your bandwagon with you. Um, But some people, we we don't know. Some people just never, never come to that point where they want to make changes. And that was definitely me. Like my family and I have talked about this now, you know, looking back years later, how they tried so hard to help me. And I remember I had this friend that even told me, she was like, Angie, I really think that you can get better. You don't have to have lupus. And I was so pissed at her. Like, I remember being so pissed. Like, how dare you? Like, my doctors know I have lupus. I'm not getting better. Like, I just clung to that, you know, so tightly. So, um, you know, as a single mom on disability, we didn't have a lot of income. So food stamps, food bank food, which we know is often not great. Lots of dollar menu items at McDonald's, like, everything combined. I was on 32 medications. I was over 300 pounds. 
I had to use a motorized scooter or a cane to get around. Um, you know, here I was in my mid thirties and I really felt like I was an 80 year old that was dying. Um, and of course, you know, with, with disability income, I couldn't afford much. So we had kind of a crappy apartment and we didn't know it was full of black mold. So once we moved into there, my health, which was already horrible, got worse. And I ended up, um, it's been almost 10 years now, but I ended up with having episodes where I couldn't speak. I couldn't open my eyes. It was almost like I was having seizures. And I know now that it was the mold exposure, but I mean, it was obviously a combo of other things, but the doctors were like, the lupus has gone to your brain. Um, there's nothing we can do. And then eventually um, I ended up having over 15 pulmonary embolisms and the doctor stopped counting at, at 15 and I had to sign away power of attorney to my parents because they did not think I was gonna make it. And I remember being so terrified thinking, I'm 36, I cannot die. Like I cannot die right now. And that was kind of the beginning for me. Um, once I got out of the hospital, I, I just, something in me kind of started stirring up and I was like, I wonder, I wonder if I could get better. I wonder if I could get off these meds. And it took me really about a year and a half before I started actively trying out like coffee enemas and vitamins and, you know, stuff like that. Um, but for about a year and a half, I just kept thinking like, huh, I wonder, I wonder if I could. And, you know, eventually when we started realizing that there was mold, which happened when my son's bedroom ceiling caved in and there was black mold everywhere. And oh I was God. like, ah. so then I, I've always been a nerd my whole life an overachiever. And I started like researching black mold. And I came across this article where it started talking about how parasites can thrive in your body if you're living in black mold. And I was like, parasites, what the heck is that? And that totally like took me down <laughs> this whole road. And I started using myself as a guinea pig and documenting on Facebook, like, oh, I'm going to try this cleanse or I'm doing the Gerson therapy program or, you know, like all these things I was just trying. And I started seeing results. And eventually I got to a place where, you know, I, we got out of the black mold. A really sweet friend did a GoFundMe for me and the kids to get out of there and find a new place. And as soon as I got out of the black mold, that really for me was a huge, huge step. Like I just started dropping weight, inflammation levels went down. I started to think more clearly. And I remember going to my doctor who I thought really loved me and cared about me <laughs> and had my best interest at heart. Like for sure, I was on 32 meds, all from the same doctor. He definitely was trying to help me. <laughs> so <laughs> I remember going to him and saying, I want to get off these meds. And he was like, you're crazy. You have to be on these for the rest of your life with lupus. And I was like, I really want to wean off of these just very slowly. I just want to wean off. And of course I started practicing like parasite cleansing and getting to some of these like groups and on Facebook and I remember coming to my doctor and saying, like, look at what's coming out of me. Like, <laughs> and he thought I was crazy, which is the typical, you know, response um, from the medical system. And he's like, oh, well, we did stool testing. There are no parasites in you. Um, 
but I'll, I'll give you a couple rounds of, you know, antiparasitics just basically to shut me up. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but anyways, like it was a couple years of that where I started, people started saying, you know, oh my gosh, you're like the parasite lady. You're like parasite uh, queen or all these things. And I was like, oh, I'm going to call myself anti-parasitic mama. And at that time I hadn't started going to school yet to become a practitioner, but I had started getting this bigger following and people wanting to know like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know, you know, this is what I'm doing. It may not work for you, but this is what I'm doing. And um, eventually I got to a place where I wanted to dive deeper and I ended up going to school to become a, a practitioner. And I did behavior change therapy program um, to get certified in that and sports nutrition as well. And then I thought, you know, I think I'm going to do something with this. And that's kind of how it started. Um, clients started coming to me, people started wanting to know, you know, how can I do this? And obviously things change. Like there are so many things and I think it's normal. Like when you're going through a a major healing process, um, things morph, you know, I know for me, like I did raw veganism for a while. I did, you know, all these different things, um, that I'm not, you know, obviously don't really resonate with anymore, but, um, even the name anti-parasitic mama, as you know, we've talked about this for about a year. Um, I recently changed my, my name to parasite mama because, for about a year, I was like, this just isn't resonating with me. I'm not completely anti-parasites. Like that's yes. just not who I am anymore. I used to be, and a lot of people in these parasite groups are so extreme and they're like, kill, kill, kill all the time. And they're over cleansing and they're stripping away all this good gut bacteria. And they believe that like parasites are demons and we have to get rid of all of them. And I get it. Like that was me too, for a while. I'm like, Oh, I got to get rid of all these. And <laughs> now coming full circle circle, I realize that like, Hey, we need some, we need parasites. They're good for our immune system. They protect us in a lot of ways. Um, so I decided I will no longer be anti-parasitic mama. I'm just parasite mama. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's a lot, <laughs> it's a lot <laughs> in these groups, but that's kind of where I, um, I think I've, I've gotten most of my clients from groups because mm -hmm. people kind of have seen my story and, um, a lot of people don't know what they're doing. And a lot of those groups for me, I learned a lot in the parasite groups. And obviously there were things that I did now that I never would have done looking back, like, yeah. you know, starving myself and fasting and being super aggressive with cleansing and stuff. And that's definitely not my approach now at all with my clients. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting, um, parasite people <laughs> were an interesting group to, for sure, <laughs> definitely an interesting group. Um, and there can be a lot of extremism. Um, yeah. I think it, with any, with any group of people there, yes, especially yeah. in the health communities, there's yes, always yes. the very extremists. Yes, exactly. Yeah. We've got a lot of, a lot of people in the group saying things like, fast it out, don't eat anything, drink your urine, like all these things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for me with my clients, I just really take a gentle approach because mm -hmm. um, 
parasite cleansing, it can be really dangerous. Like if you're, yeah. if you're being super aggressive, um, I've seen people end up in the hospital. I've had to fire clients because they haven't taken advice and they've gone extreme and ended up in the hospital. And I'm like, mm -hmm. that's, you know, I can't be a party to that. So, yeah. um, I really take a gentle approach and, and I always start with nervous system work first and drainage, of course, you know, yeah. if you're not sweating, you can't poop, you know, all those things I start there, but nervous system work is, is really the biggest piece in the puzzle. I feel because, um, parasites are going to thrive. If you have all this trauma, you're not addressing, um, if you're being triggered, if you're dealing with a lot of stress and anxiety, it makes like this perfect environment for, for them to thrive. Um, it depletes your stomach acid, which me makes it, you know, you even more susceptible to pathogens thriving. So I always start there. And, and a lot of times my clients are like, but I want to like really go aggressive. I want to just yeah. start well, everybody does it first and yes, you I know I did it too I did it too <laughs> like I cleansed so hardcore I didn't know about opening my drainage pathways I didn't know about using binders um and I used a lot of really intense stuff and mm -hmm. my hair fell out I had to shave my head so oh, wow. I just tell people like don't do what I did <laughs> learn from my mistakes um and I felt horrible like my skin had like all these rashes and breakouts because I didn't know I didn't know I needed to prep myself and right. certainly didn't know that I needed to work on my nervous system yeah well. so. so so let's back it up a little bit so yeah, yeah. let's talk about what are what are actually parasites because usually people are like thinking of giant tapeworms yeah yeah, exactly. And there are so many different types. Like we've got the big ones that we can see with the naked eye. Um, you know, we've got tapeworms, we've got roundworms, you know, whipworms, all these different ones that you can see with the naked eye, but not always because they can still self-destruct. Um, and then we've got the little tiny ones that are invisible um, that you're not going to see at all. And with parasites, um, basically they are a pathogen that and I always tell people we are, we're more pathogen and bacteria and virus and all of that than we are human cell. So the goal should be let's live in harmony because parasites do protect us. Um, they are pathogens that protect us. They, the bigger ones do have like a more complete like organ system. Um, but there are so many studies that show how they protect us, how they boost our immune system. And so we don't want to overkill because they're going to go through the body and they're going to suck up things like a sponge as far as like metals, chemicals, all of that. Um, and so, again, we don't want to go crazy by over cleansing. And we want to kind of think of it as I always think of like that yin yang type of thing where there's got to be like this good balance Um where we need a, a certain amount. We just need a certain amount in our body. And a lot of these ancient cultures way back, you know, to the Egyptians, the Romans, they were doing parasite cleansing. They were cataloging like different types of parasites. And it's a practice that a lot of people have gotten away from just as kind of like regular maintenance type of thing. Um, so yeah, they are organisms that, that, we get exposed from, we can get them from anywhere. We can breathe in an egg. We can eat something that has an egg on it or, you know, like they're everywhere. 
Um, and so we can't get away from it. So try not to live in fear is what I tell people. I, I did it. Like I, and a lot of people go through that where they're just like, I'm terrified to even go outside and do anything or get in a pool or a hot tub or anything. And that's a horrible way to live. And that's just dysregulating your nervous system even more. So, you know, we just, we can't get away from them. They're, they're in nature and they're meant to be in us. They just, you know, it's and not. So why in some people today become an issue? Like you mentioned, if you being exposed to mold. Yeah. So parasites are going to thrive because of some different factors. And it's never just one thing. There's never just one root cause for people. Um, but parasites are going to get overgrown if you have low stomach acid, which is so common. Um, we see a lot of people on, you know, antacid meds, proton pump inhibitors, and it's really depleting the stomach acid. If you're having lots of stress and anxiety and trauma, that's going to deplete your stomach acid, nutritional deficiencies. So that's a big one. Um, obviously, antibiotic use can allow them to thrive. Poor diet definitely can let them thrive. If you have mold exposure um, in your home or your workplace, that can let them thrive. If you're having a lot of exposure to chemicals, plastics, heavy metals, they're going to thrive. Same thing with, you know, Wi-Fi radiation, electromagnetic frequencies. There's got to be a good balance because there are so many things that can allow them to thrive. So um, again, I always tell people it's okay to not tackle everything at once. Like, oh gosh, I have to filter everything and eat super clean. And, you know, everything's got to be just so like, that's, maybe some people can do it, but I don't consider myself a purist as far as that goes. Like do what yeah. you can, filter your water, get in the sun, ground, you know, do all these things, regulate the nervous system. Um, and that is a big one, the nervous system being dysregulated. And it can be dysregulated. It doesn't have to be stress and trauma. It could be, hey, my nervous system is dysregulated because I'm never going outside and I'm, my house is dark and I'm, you know, or I have nutritional deficiencies or, you know, I have, it can be dysregulated from high toxic load too. So there are so many factors at play that can allow parasites to thrive. Yeah. And so you mentioned prepping before you do any sort of parasite work. What does that look like? So when it comes to prepping, um, Again, and I know I always circle back to the nervous system, but that's a big one for prepping because if your body isn't feeling safe and relaxed, you're gonna be all bound up and not just like I'm constipated bound up, but your detoxing organs get all bound up and your body doesn't release things as easily um, if you're all stressed out and worked up. So um, I always start with, Let's do some things to get the bowels moving. And I'm not talking like, hey, I have diarrhea 10 times a day. I have no problems going. Um, it's got to be two to three easy to pass, well-formed bowel movements per day. So most of my clients, we start with the bioenergetic scan, which I am a huge geek about because I've tried so many different testing um, different types of testing with myself, with my clients as the years have gone on. And I always come back to the bioenergetics because 
It's really giving us a look at what's stressing that person's body out the most. What does your body want to work on? Not like, hey, here's a blanket protocol. I'm not a fan of those. I really like to customize it. So what works for one person isn't always going to work for another. So I always start with a bioenergetic scan. And if a client is experiencing diarrhea or constipation and they're not having easy to pass well-formed bowel movements every day, I can look at the scan and see like, hey, here are some reasons why they're constipated. Um, here are some reasons why maybe they can't work up a sweat easily. Um, and I, I start with a lot of foundational things, castor oil packs. Sometimes we do, um, again, it depends on the client, but nutritional work, you know, as far as changing diets, making sure are they hydrated. I use a lot of homeopathy. Um, I work with a lot of kids in my practice too, and I mostly use homeopathy for kids, but even for adults, most of the adults that come to me, they're their body is not wanting and not ready for some strong herbs. Mm -hmm. And so with the bioenergetic testing, I'm able to look at, hey, what are five or six remedies that their body is really resonating with and that their body wants to use right now in this first stage of healing. And sometimes we have to do two to three months of foundational work of like calming their nervous system, opening their drainage pathways with homeopathy, castor oil packs, dry brushing, sweating, you know, binders, stuff like that to really prep their body for stronger herbs for parasite cleansing. And so what would happen if somebody does not do this and they're, let's say they're constipated <laughs> and they're, they're stressed out and they just saw on TikTok, do parasite cleansing, look what's underneath this microscope. What, yeah. what are the consequences? <laughs> Um, well, you could have some of the consequences I've had where your hair falls out because you're so aggressive and your body wasn't ready. And it was so traumatizing having to share, shave my head <laughs> yeah, I bet. my whole life, you know, um, but that can happen. You can have major breakouts. Um, your liver enzymes can go up again. I've seen people get hospitalized where they're like, I just started taking this huge round of ivermectin you know, <laughs> everyone's on the ivermectin train right now and i'm like no like <laughs> you can't even poop like the last thing you want to do is start killing because again if you start killing and your pathways are closed all that crud is gonna as parasites die they release all the nasty stuff they're holding on to you know ammonia, heavy metals, chemicals, you know, fungus, bacteria, all of it. And that's going to have to recirculate in your body. It's going to put more stress on your liver and kidneys. It has nowhere to go. You need to be pooping out what you're killing off. You need to be sweating out what you're killing off. Um, and so consequences, you know, they can be severe. You can either, some people just feel really horrible and they're like, oh, I started cleansing and I'm having headaches and, you know, rashes and you know all these weird things i'm angry i'm having anxiety whatever it is um but for some people it can be really extreme you know mm -hmm. end up hospitalized um and then the doctors really think they're crazy when they you know they're like i've been trying to kill parasites i've had so many clients that have actually been referred to psych units because mm -hmm. they start talking about parasites and so, yeah, consequences can be pretty rough if your body's not ready for yeah. sure. I, that definitely happens for me. I mean, 
I was dealing with rashes and mast cell activation. And I thought, I'll just, I'll just do these extreme parasite cleanses and <laughs> IV, IV ozone and I'll be, I'll be good. And of course it made it so, so, so much worse. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The IV ozone, a lot of people ask me about that. And I'm like, again, you better prepare your body first because mm-hmm. that's, that's intense. Like, and yeah. it is so bio-individual and I see, unfortunately, with TikTok and all these, you know, things becoming more popular, people really get caught up in these blanket protocols. Well, she did this, mm-hmm. so I'm going to do it and it's going to work for me, but we're all so different. Like it's, it's gotta be really customized, I think for, from mm-hmm. person to person. Yeah, definitely. And so you mentioned, um, your nervous system affecting your drainage pathways, but Tell us what are some of the emotional connections between parasite overgrowth and say something like trauma or certain personality types? Well, the thing with parasites is when they get overgrown, obviously we want like a certain amount of parasites in our body. That's great. But when they get overgrown, they start causing their own issues and they can actually alter your personality. I mean, there are so many things like schizophrenia and bipolar and, you know, autism, all these different things. There is a connection between those and parasites and other pathogens. So um, it can definitely alter your, your, your personality. It can have, you can have more depression, more anxiety if there's parasitic overgrowth going on. And then they do burrow into different organs of the body. And um, for anybody that's ever read some of these books, like, you know, the body keeps score and the emotion code and stuff like that, you really start to realize how certain organs really do hold on to certain emotions. So what people notice too, when they parasite cleanse is a lot of weird emotional stuff comes up as well. Um, So you have to prepare yourself for that too. Like, I always tell my clients, okay, now that you're going to be doing this cleanse, just remember, it's going to be normal to maybe feel more emotional, cry it out. Like that's a way that you're detoxing too. like, let yourself cry. You might feel more angry while you're cleansing. You may have more anxiety. Um, it's normal to feel a little bit cruddy when you're cleansing, but nobody should feel so horrible that they can't get through it. That's a sign that, well, we got to back off on dosage and work more on nervous system practices and drainage and stuff like that. So yeah, but parasites definitely, you know, they can alter your emotions. There's a a huge connection there. Um, And I can see why some of the people in the groups are like, you know, have the belief that their parasites are evil and, you know, stuff like that (laughs) because um, they can control your cravings. They can control your behaviors and maybe you're more, um, you're more extreme in your behaviors and you're not thinking clearly, or you're taking big risks. Um, that can also be, you know, related to, to parasitic overgrowth as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I think one of the, one of the most common parasites that can change your behavior that people actually know about is toxoplasma. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. And Obviously, when I talk about parasites, parasites are the big thing for me, but Lyme disease is another big one because I I had, you know, that undiagnosed for most of my life. And people just don't realize like that these pathogens, not just parasites, but other pathogens, how much they can really change your behaviors. 
um, and things that you're more prone to do, so to speak. But yeah, mm-hmm. toxoplasma is a big one. Um, I've seen that so much in clients that I've seen it in my female clients a lot, but my male clients that, <laughs> that tend to be like really extreme and just like, mm-hmm. don't seem to listen to advice. I'm like, it's so interesting when I do buy energetic scan and I'm like, Oh, that one's resonating. I'm not surprised. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's really interesting. Yeah. And for those listening, that's, that's the parasite that they say will make you like a crazy cat lady and just want to collect more cats. <laughs> yep. Even, yeah. even family guy did a show about toxoplasma. That is so funny. <laughs> one of the characters gets a cat and the cat scratches him. Oh <laughs> he God. starts to collect more cats. So yeah. <laughs> That one is that one is definitely commonly known, but that's just one example. There's tons of other parasites that can kind of manipulate. I would say the oh, most yeah. common, the most common feeling like that I like with the people I work with before they pass a parasite is just this feeling like something really horrible is gonna happen. And they're just like, what is going on? Like it's just like this feeling of doom. And then they'll pass a parasite and they'll be like, Oh, that makes sense. Much better. Yeah. It's so weird. Like, and it really, unless you like find your people, like you can feel crazy when you feel that, like when you're having yeah. those emotions, like I remember for me when I was like, I would have a huge emotional reaction when I would sit down, if I was, when I was first starting cleansing and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to eat these pumpkin seeds. I would start crying. Like, <laughs> Like I did not want to eat the pumpkin seeds. And I'm like, is it the parasites that because <laughs> I know that they're going to get paralyzed and flush out. Like what's going on? Like, there's just so much weird emotional psychological stuff around the whole thing with parasites and cleansing. But yeah, that's a huge one. Like right when you're about to pass a lot, it's really normal to have like impending doom feelings or like major anxiety or even some people like get a lot of rage and anger and then it's like this release when Mm -hmm. you when you get rid of them so yeah it's weird (laughs) there's no other word for it (laughs) (laughs) and so what are some of the most common symptoms if people are wondering okay well I've been diagnosed with PCOS my whole life or I have an autoimmune disease how what kind of symptoms should they look out for Well, that's the deal with parasites. Like I tell people, um, symptoms of parasites are so broad. So there are like, you know, some people will have rashes and, you know, itching in certain areas, (laughs) um, you know, hormonal imbalances, food allergies, stomach issues, um, Anemia is super common, you know, parasites and other pathogens love to feed on iron and B vitamins and copper and, you know, other, um, other vitamins and minerals. So really when it, when it really comes down to it, pretty much every health issue you can imagine can (laughs) be linked back to parasitic overgrowth. And again, um, you know, some of my friends are like, I knew it. Everything is parasites. It's everything is just parasites. And <laughs> I'm like, well, there's not really just one root cause. Like why are the parasites overgrown in the first place? There's a reason, but, but really, again, when you start getting into like looking at different studies, pretty much every diagnosis out there 
can be traced back to parasitic overgrowth. So um, again, some of the most common issues, again, can be like constipation, diarrhea, digestive issues, itching around the anus, <laughs> um, you know, skin issues and stuff like that. But but it can go so much further than that. Um, you know, seizures, you know, autoimmune diseases are, you know, pretty much every single one. There's some sort of pathogen involved um, with those. So it's very broad, very broad yeah. as far as symptoms go. Allergies for sure. Anyone allergies dealing with chronic sure. allergies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Chronic allergies are a huge one. Um, or just like, hey, I'm now again, the, you know, you can have all these food sensitivities, but again, it can be parasites, but it could also be like, hey, they're also living in mold and they're, you know, they're yeah. dysregulator or whatever. So everything kind of like blends into each other when you're <laughs> root cause healing for sure. Yeah. And so that's why it's good not to just be like Western medicine and compartmentalize. I just look at your gut. I just look at your heart. Yes. I just look at your hormones. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I agree. Cause I even did that too. Like in the beginning, it was like just parasites, but the more I've kind of, you know, explored in my own healing journey and just learning from other people, um, you know, and being a nerd that has to take classes all the time. <laughs> like you just really see that it's, it, it can't be compartmentalized because it's right. never just one thing. So yes, parasites is, it's a big thing, but there's so much more involved in that um, when mm -hmm. you're looking at the big picture. And so when you, like when your doctor first said we did stool testing, there are no parasites. Why aren't stool tests good tests for parasites? Uh, I wish I had known this back then. <laughs> stool testing is most of the time it's less than 10% accurate when you're doing a stool test and parasites. I mean, when we think about, um, and Dr. Klinghart obviously is amazing at like giving so much great information on some of this stuff. But when you look at, when you're doing a stool test, you're putting it into this little thing and then it's sitting there parasites can secrete enzymes that completely remove their DNA and they completely self-destruct wow. um, upon leaving the body. So <laughs> it's no wonder, and they can do this within 15 minutes. I didn't even know that. That's crazy. Yeah. So <laughs> let's say you, you do your poop thing for the stool test and it's sitting there for, you know, a day or two in a lab waiting to be tested well, guess what? Within 15 minutes, they totally dissolve themselves. They totally dissolve their own DNA. So they can't be detected. And so it's so common to, to get nothing um, in a stool test. And it's the same thing with blood work. When people are looking at, you know, blood work, it can change depending on what time of the month it is. It can change, you know, for so many different reasons. And a lot of these pathogens um, they don't hide in the blood, they're hiding in the tissues. And so that's why I always come back to the bioenergetic testing or tell people do HTMA if you really want something more accurate because stool testing is a sad joke. It just, <laughs> <laughs> and even if, even if you, let's say you get a doctor that believes you and they're like, I'm going to send you to an infectious disease specialist. 
I've seen this happen with clients where they go to an infectious disease doctor that specializes in parasites and they're given a couple rounds of antiparasitics and they think that's it. You're, you're going to be great. You're going to be good to go. No prep work. These people are constipated. They're not using a binder like to grab onto whatever they're killing off and they end up getting worse. And if you're cleansing and your body's not prepped, the parasites can actually scatter and burrow deeper into your body and form more cysts because they don't want to die. <laughs> they don't want to die. So, you know, there's, and again, in the extremism, when you're looking at the, you know, the extremism in some of the groups, they're like, you, you can't get rid of parasites unless you're aggressive. And that's just not true. I see so many clients that aren't even taking strong herbs to do, to do a parasite cleanse, but when they start working on their drainage pathways, their nervous system, they're using gentle homeopathics to like stimulate their liver and gallbladder and, you know, kidneys and all that to start releasing toxins, they start passing stuff and they're like, what? I'm not even doing like an aggressive cleanse. And I'm like, see, it can be gentle. It can be gentle and effective. It doesn't have to be this huge, I feel like I'm dying or ordeal <laughs> or it's really working. <laughs> yeah. I had way more success with homeopathy after herbs made me worse. Yeah. And that was me. just word of wise for anyone dealing with really severe allergies or skin issues. That's why you want to go more gentle. Cause it'll just flare all of that. Yeah. So much worse. Big time. Yeah. I know it's hard to talk people off that ledge sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I can usually tell, like when I do a 20 minute, like initial consult with people, I can usually tell in that 20 minutes, like they're going to be open to doing things gently, or I can't, even, I'm not going to take them as a client because <laughs> they're just <laughs> too extreme. And again, no judgments. Cause I've been there. That was me too. Like I did the hardcore herb thing and my body freaked out, just freaked out and things got worse. So, um, yeah homeopathy has been like a godsend for me too. just my mm -hmm. body responds so much better to it. And so do most of my clients. Yeah. Yeah. And so what explain the connection between some of these anti-parasitic meds or parasite cleansing with cancer? Oh man, there's a huge connection obviously with cancer and parasites. And, and it makes sense because parasites Again, great to have the perfect amount, but when they're getting overgrown, you know, you got to think about they're like breeding in you, they're defecating in you, they're creating these biofilms and mucoid plaque that is so inflammatory. Um, and so anytime that, again, the body is so smart. So when I see, when I work with clients that have breast cancer or cysts or weird tumors, I always tell them like your body's intuitive. It's, it's trying to encapsulate that thing, that toxin to protect you. Um, but there's a huge, yeah, there's a huge connection between cancer and parasitic overgrowth. And yes, some of these antiparasitics, um, the stronger ones out there, like ivermectin and whatnot have been great for helping people, um, to heal themselves of things like cysts and tumors and cancers. Um, but again, it's so bio-individual. So um, 
when I have worked with clients that have cancer and stuff, again, a lot of them, they're to the point where they're scared. They want to do something extreme. Um, but that's not for everyone. So again, I always go back to let's test first and see like, if everything pops up on your scan, your bioenergetic scan, that looks like everything's a strong herb and your body really wants to address parasites. That's fine. Let's go for it. But and their drainage pathways are open and maybe they've really done really hard work at nervous system stuff. Um, but again, it's not something that I personally turn to first. Um, there are, again, I don't want to knock some of these prescription antiparasitics because there are really great studies behind them and they've worked really great for some people for, um, really helping people to, to heal themselves of cancer. But, um, again, it's not something, it's not my go-to. It's right. never my go-to. I always want to look like, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, I wouldn't say it's round one, maybe like yes. rounds eight or nine. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Cause most of my, um, okay. So just for example, two of my clients that came to me because of breast cancer, one of them, um, had a root canal on the same side <laughs> of the breast that had the cancer in it. So we worked on that. Um, she had a lot of trauma. We worked on that. We used a lot of homeopathics. We did castor oil packs. Um, her tumor shrunk down to, to nothing after she addressed some of these things. We never went to that route of ivermectin or anything. Now she's at the point where she's feeling great. The tumor shrunk down. So now she's doing regular parasite cleansing um, during the full moon. And usually when people are ready for parasite cleansing. If they have a severe parasitic infection, then I say, let's cleanse during the full moon cycles for three to 12 months in a row. It's going to be, it's going to depend. Some people may need a lot longer. Some people may need only two months and they feel amazing. Um, but then my second client with the breast cancer issue, um, when you look at the emotional side of it, she did not get nurtured by her mother. And there's this whole nurturing thing connected to the breasts, like not being able to nurture or not feeling like you could nurture or not being nurtured. And um, I no longer have this specific person as a client because she just was not ready to do the emotional work. And I told her, like, I really believe you can heal your body from this, but you have to work through this stuff with your mom because it was really holding her back, but she wanted to just ivermectin, drink urine, take turpentine, you know, all these really strong things. And I'm like, I can't, like, I want to support you and be here for yeah. you, but that's not, I can't do that. I'm just, I'm not going to do that. Your body's not ready for that. So right. again, you know, she was very closed up, couldn't sweat, couldn't poop, but wanted to kill, 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 kill. Mm -hmm. So you know, there's, there's, there are so many things in between, but I agree. It's more like if you're going to do ivermectin or some of these things, it's like way down the road, step eight, step nine, maybe yeah. even step 10. <laughs> so yeah. 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 I've done them. I've done almost every parasite med I could get my hands on. So yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> me too. But so. gladly they were like, you're 
two of my journey instead of like yeah. the first thing. Yeah. For me, it was definitely like first thing and <laughs> not so great to like lose your hair and feel like you're yeah. dying. So, you know, my liver enzymes went really up, went really high. Like there was just, my body was stressed from it. It wasn't, it just wasn't ready. Yeah. And so tell us about your parasite course. How is this going to help people who are interested in parasites or just healing journey in general? Uh, definitely. So it, there are 64 lessons total. Wow. And yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a big one. Um, and basically I, you know, I start off by kind of explaining how I learned about parasites myself. I give a little bit of my personal story, but, um, I go into each chapter. Basically, my goal for this was when people purchase this, I want them to have everything at their fingertips so they know um, the whole story and how to troubleshoot. So I go into what are parasites? How do you even know if you have them? I go into symptoms of parasites and testing for parasites and why traditional testing is a sad joke <laughs> and the methods of testing I prefer. Um, I go into how do we even get parasites? How are we exposed? What allows them to thrive in our body? Then I go into who should not do a parasite cleanse. And so I talk about, obviously, if your drainage pathways are closed, um, if your body's in fight or flight, and you haven't done nervous system work, if you're pregnant or breastfeeding, then I go into how to prep your body for a parasite cleanse, how to open your drainage pathways, what products do you need for a parasite cleanse? And I go into lots of different descriptions of, you know, different home homeopathic options, liver kidney support, biofilm busters, drainage support, moving the lymph, herbs, binders, all of that. Um, then I talk a little bit deeper about why you need binders and how to use them. I talk about what to eat on a parasite cleanse, how to troubleshoot the cleanse, because things pop up and people need to know like, Hey, is this a sign that this is too much for me? Um, and again, there are so many great products on the market for parasite cleansing. It really shouldn't cost a fortune. There are great options, um, that you can use. And I always tell people start low and slow, even if your drainage pathways are open, even if you've prepped your body and you've done nervous system work, I say, start with one fourth or one half of the dosage of whatever product you're using and just listen to your body. You may not be able to get up to the full dosage on your cleanse and that is okay. Um, I go into specific steps on how to cleanse and optimal times to cleanse, like during the, those full moon cycles when parasites are more, more active, when they're actually gonna be um, further down in the digestive tract and it's gonna be easier to flush them out and kill them. And then I have a whole chapter on how to identify parasites and I have actual pictures of parasites from clients <laughs> so that people can learn to really identify what they're passing. I talk about parasite cleansing for kids and infants because um, I see so much in these groups where, and it really makes me sad where a lot, and again, intentions are great because parents are trying to help their kids, but I'm seeing them like, hey, I'm trying to get my kid to do an enema or I'm using these strong herbs. And I'm like, no, like, don't do that. You're going to traumatize your child. And yeah. um, 
you know, so I talk about homeopathy for kids and, um, you know, as a parent, what can you do better to start with foods and really kind of changing the diet and drainage pathways and, you know, nervous system work. I'm a huge fan of when I'm, I work with a lot of moms and I just tell them like, Hey, here's what I did wrong. Um, if it were me going back, you know, I would help my kids with, there are so many great like guided meditations for kids and things to help get your kids nervous systems regulated. Um, and then I do, I talk about some of my favorite products for parasite cleansing, things that I've used, things that have worked for my clients. I do a chapter on how to parasite cleanse your dog and how to parasite cleanse your cat. And then being the giant nerd that I am, I have a whole chapter for resources and resources and studies because that's who I am. I'm always looking like, where's the proof? Show me the studies <laughs> that show this is really true. So I, I did a huge um, chapter on that just so that everything I'm saying, you know, we can kind of have some things to back up because some people that's their learning style. They, they want to be able to really dig in and, and see the resources and studies behind it. So it's pretty intensive. Like I said, it, I took a long time to write this. Um, and I just was trying to think like, if I was new to this and I knew nothing, I want a resource where I can go and I have everything that I need and I'll have no questions after I read through this because it's got every everything at my fingertips. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And it's very affordable. How much is the course? $222. Super affordable. My daughter was like, ooh, <laughs> angel numbers. And I'm like, what? I didn't even know what that was. I just, my you husband's number is two. So I was like, ooh, two, two, two. I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> so it was interesting when I looked it up though. Yeah, like, actually I have... My three 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 necklace on right now. My daughter has a little three 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 tattoo on her hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I uh, I picked it without, I guess, subconsciously. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, it it resonates with me, but I thought I was just doing it for my husband's favorite number. But <laughs> yeah, I tried to keep it affordable. Obviously, I put a lot of time and effort into it, but. Um, you know, I get that, you know, some people, I just wanted people to have access to something that, you know, they could really use year after year um, and be able to really effectively and gently and safely cleanse themselves and their family and their fur babies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think much needed because there's definitely so much misinformation that's coming out in these five second reels and TikToks and all of that. So thank yeah, you for definitely. creating it. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I know. The misinformation was really getting to me too. And I'm like, oh, I just want people to have like a one-stop shop mm -hmm. where they can really delve deeper into, you know, why herbals may not be good for you. Maybe they mm -hmm. are. Why homeopathy might be better, you know, all these different things. Um, yeah. So it's pretty intensive, but I think, you know, there's been a good response to it so far. So good, good. really finding it helpful, which is good. Yeah, that's great. <clears throat> so tell everyone how they can find this course, how they can find you if they want to work with you. Okay. Um, so I am on Instagram as Parasite Mama. I'm on Facebook as well. Um, 
under my name, Angela Stinson, and then in parentheses, it says Parasite Mama. And then I have a website, www.parasitemama.com. And we'll, I'll make sure that Amanda has the link to my course. I do have the course link on my Instagram, um, on my link tree. It's all over my Facebook. You know, I talk a lot about it on there. And then it's obviously on my website as well. Perfect. All right, Angela, it's been really fun talking with you. I'm so glad we got to sit down and do this and nerd out about parasites. <laughs> yes, I know. It's always great to find your people who don't <laughs> crazy when you talk about this stuff. So right, right. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I really You're appreciate welcome. it. You're welcome. And thank you everyone for listening. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. I am just so thrilled that you're listening to the Healer Revolution podcast. This has been a huge passion project for me and super therapeutic on top of that, helping me to use my voice and connect with other like-minded individuals. So if you're enjoying the podcast, please like and subscribe. Please share on social media or with your audience or friends or loved ones. I truly appreciate it. It does take a lot of time and financial costs to run the podcast, and it is not a moneymaker, let me tell you. So if you are enjoying this, I would truly appreciate your support just by sending me a post, a like, and a subscribe. Thank you so much.